Hey, everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli. Thanks for joining us today. We got a guest on the show today. Very happy to have Kevin Matthews, who is the campaign director of Decriminalize Denver, which is a amazing organization in Denver, Colorado, that is trying to decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms in 2019. They are working hard around the clock, connect, collecting signatures to decriminalize the adult possession use and propagation of our favorite psychoactive fungi, the old psilocybin mushroom. And I mean, can we just pause for a moment and let that sink in? That this, is, this is happening. People are out there, they're taking initiative, and when I heard about this, I just had to have Kevin on the show. I had to talk with him. I had to connect with him. I'm, I'm glad I did. So, uh, you know, this is this is a really amazing thing. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to decriminalizedenver.org. You can help support them. If you're in Denver, find one of these people and sign their petition. Get get psilocybin mushrooms decriminalized. I mean, think about that, right? Oh, uh, are you eating a mushroom from the ground? Yes, yes, officer, I am. Well, uh, I better not have anything in there that makes your head go all nice and peaceful-like. Oh, no, don't worry. It's just a portobello, officer. All right, good, because I was going to have to shoot you if it had anything in it that would make you happy. <laughs> so let's increase happiness and peace and prosperity and bring Mother Nature back into the non-criminal realm and push this conversation forward, get people talking and engaged and learning about the benefits of psilocybin mushrooms and all these great things. And we're going to talk about that on today's show with Kevin. Before we get into the show, you guys know what to do if you like this show, if you love this show. Please message me on Facebook, Instagram, find me, email me. I love talking with each and every single one of you that reach out to me and ask me questions. I love all of that stuff. Um, leave a, a rating and review. You can go on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. That would be amazing. Helps uh, signal to the rest of the world that uh, there's something happening here and that you know people should check it out. And if you believe that, then go ahead and do that. Um, you could also go on to Patreon at patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. You know, uh, Don't feel obligated. Don't feel pressured. You know, I just say this stuff because you never know. There could be some money bags walking around out there listening to Mike Adelic going, holy shit, what am I going to do with all these, with this fiat currency, with, this, with these Federal Reserve notes that are just burning holes in my pocket? I don't, I don't know what to do with them. I wish I could send them somewhere and do something with them. Well, you can. You can send them to me, and I'll buy new microphones and, and, and you know, foam crates that I could put around the walls that'll make the sound better and, you know, all that other good stuff. I'll, I'll be able to get a van and travel around the country and talk to these people in person because that's what I really want to do um, and just make the show better. So thank you to everybody that supports and does stuff and talks about it and shares it and messages me. And we also have that WhatsApp chat group. It's the Mycadelic Inner Sanctum uh, that I like to call it, kind of a reference to Dr. Strange and the, the sanctums. Uh, and uh, one of the coolest Marvel movies, totally psychedelic and uh, awesome movie. And, you know, maybe you can rewatch that movie when you're chilling in Denver and just, you know, popping mushrooms 
and like, you know, cause it's not a problem and you can just enjoy your life like a normal, peaceful human being. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to keep this intro a little short because I'm in a, uh, old school apartment doing this podcast intro from a location and it's got a, it's an old school apartment that was built in like 1640 or some shit like that and it has uh, one of those radiators that pumps blasts heat out and you can't control it there's no i can't like oh let me turn the heat down a little bit there is none of that it's just you have to do this like weird battle where you open the window how much am i going to open the window and then you know the radiator's just blasting heat out it's like a fucking sauna in here and i'm i'm starting to lose my goddamn mind I I need some psilocybin, actually. I think that would help calm me down. Unfortunately, I could be shot dead by a police officer if I if he sees me eating a uh, mushroom in public. All right, clearly you can tell I'm 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 on the brink over here. Um, it's very hot in this apartment, and I have no way to control the heat. It's about 104 degrees, and it is a sauna in here. I'm burning, burning up. Um, I'm gonna go outside naked. And um, and enjoy the nice thirty degree cold weather after this. It's gonna be great. Okay, so yeah, that's all the stuff. Basically, I wanted to say we have two sponsors for the show: Hemp Bombs, amazing CBD products. Go to hempbombs.com and enter the code Mike fifteen, and you get fifteen percent off. They're amazing. CBD products. I love the gummies, the tincture, the pain freeze. It's all good. They have vaporizer stuff too. Uh, really the only CBD that's worked for me. I love it. It's great. So go there, check it out. If you're interested in CBD, enter the code Mike 15 and you get 15% off. Bsynchro.com is where you can go and get ketogenic nutrition products and plant-based nutrition products optimized for brain performance at the highest levels with amazing quality. I use some of this stuff every day. I use their probiotics. I use their turmeric elixir. I I eat the ketogenic chocolate fudge, which is 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 a it's like a ridiculous chocolate mousse dessert that has no sugar and no carbs and it's just, it's amazing. And their protein shakes are great, plant protein. It's not one of those like crappy proteins where you try and it's like all chalky. Their stuff tastes amazing. It's made with super high quality stuff. And it's um, just really, really, really great. I, I absolutely love both of these sponsors and I'm glad to to talk about them. Go to B-Synchro, B-S-Y-N-C-H-R-O.com and enter the code Mikeadelic at checkout and you get 20% off. So how about that? All right, great. All that stuff's out of the way, you know, go and do whatever you want or don't. Um, (laughs) you know, I'm just glad that you guys have popped this thing on. You got your earbuds in, you fucking, you know, you got your Bluetooth hooked up in the car, whatever the fuck you're doing. And, uh, and you're ready to just get your mycadelic on with me. And, uh, thank you so much to Kevin for being on the show. It was a pleasure speaking with him. And um, hope to do it again in person because I will be out in Denver in about a month and a half. So, and I look forward to to offering my support in their initiative as well. Uh, and you can also do that too if when you go on decriminalizedenver.org. Like I said, you know, you just have all these Federal Reserve notes, this stained, tinted green paper with all these dead white slave owners on them. And you're just like, man, what the hell am I going to do with these things? They're just so, so many of them. I don't know what to do. I, 
I could buy, you know, I could buy like 25 bags of barbecued Lay's potato chips or, or you could contribute it to help getting psilocybin mushrooms decriminalized in Denver. And even if you don't live in Denver, that's still a pretty fucking awesome thing to do because then we can show people, hey, what, you know, individual freedom, liberty, cognitive liberty, the right to uh, choose how to, to, what to consume, how to alter your mind, your consciousness, how to connect with spirit and something bigger. It's up to you and no one else. And you can't make nature illegal. And we're going to change the hearts and minds of people and hopefully decriminalize Denver will be doing that coming this May. So go support them and support me and support your fucking selves too. <laughs> all right. Without further ado, thank you all so much for listening. Let's get into this conversation with Kevin Matthews from Decriminalized Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Voice of perception. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. All right, cool. What's up, everybody? Back here in Mikeadelic Studios, Mike Brancatelli here. Got Kevin Matthews with me, campaign director of Decriminalize Denver. Kevin, thanks for for joining me today, man. Hey, Mike, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to share our work with the audience, man. This is great. Yeah, I mean, I am so thrilled to to know that something like this is happening. And I, I kind of found out about it in a weird way. I'm a huge fan of, of Tom Woods and the Tom Woods show. And I think someone sent me a link and they're like, dude, like Tom is totally ready to come on Mike Adelic now. And, uh, <laughs> and you got to check this out. And, and I listened to the show and I was like, wow, this is really, you know, here, here, here you are, uh, you know, introducing this topic into sort of a new realm of, of people, you know, kind of shaking off any of the baggage of like, you know, crazy hippies that want to, you know, overthrow the government. And well, actually, I mean, I kind of still want to do that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it just you sounded very you know reasonable and 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 just good for our movement, good for us psychedelic people uh, to be talking in the way that you talked on that show. And so, you know, I had to have you come on Mike Adelic and, and talk more about Decriminalize Denver, which is, uh, you know, the initiative to de decriminalize uh, the possession, use, and manufacture of psilocybin mushrooms in the city of Denver, Colorado. Um, 
so yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Like how, how did this get started? How did you, how did you get started on this project? Yeah, it's been about just over a year in the making. I, I got involved initially back in, um, kind of late December when I discovered that this was happening. I actually had listened to, what was it? The, it was the, uh, the Joe Rogan and Paul Stamets, um, which was an incredible interview. Yeah. Uh, Paul Stamets is that he's a pretty famous mycologist. I'm sure you know who he is. Um, but I, I came in, I listened to that interview and, and I was, I was amazed by everything Paul was talking about and, in, in how, uh, mycelium and mushrooms are just such an integral part of our experience here as humans. And it really kind of blew my mind. And I, if I remember correctly, he had talked about the, the, initiative in California that was, that was, was going on then. And I was like, man, I hope they're doing this sometime in Denver. That'd be great. And then like a week later, it's kind of how these things work. You know, I, I hear about the, Hey, there's, there's a, an initiative, a group that's forming in Denver. And so I, I jumped on that right away and met the right people at the right time and, and, and got involved. I actually started out with the campaign as kind of our social media guy and was building out the Facebook page and starting to make connections and build a mailing list. And then, yeah, we, so I, I mentioned it's been about a year in the making. Uh, we just got our language approved back in early October and we'd, we'd gone through a couple different iterations with the city mm. at that point. What does that, what does that mean? The get the language approved? Right. So that's, so uh, Colorado is one of 26 states in the union where citizens actually have the ability to directly petition the government to change the law. Amazing. And so, so we had written a couple of different versions of, of the actual uh, ballot language that we're going to be using. And the whole process with that basically is that you, you, you write your language, which will be the law and um, had a couple iterations of that, one in March and one in May of this year. And both of those were actually approved by the city council. And then from city council, it gets sent off to the Denver Elections Division. And their attorneys basically look at the language to make sure it's legally sound and also um, also makes sense to voters, basically. And so we had two rejections from city council, and then it was really in May when we got a lot more organized and structured, uh, brought some attorneys on board and some legal and policy experts and really started having a, a much deeper conversation about, um, you know, what can we write here that will not only be accepted by the Denver elections division, but it's also uh, palatable to the people of Denver. And right. so it's a whole, a whole, you know, a whole process there. Palatable. That's the key word because it, mm -hmm. it could be kind of scary for some people who are outside of this world and they don't know it and they've heard all these scare stories and, and you know, all this kind of stuff that you can learn in like the DARE program and that indoctrination camp. And, you know, mm -hmm. so they, they see this thing and they're like, oh my God, you know. But getting the right language down is super important. You know, I mean, uh, Terrence McKenna, one of my heroes, talks about how important the language is. And, you know, we, we need to sometimes in, in, invent new language to communicate new ideas. And this seems like this is one of those sorts, sort of new ideas. I mean, not not really. I mean, mushrooms have been growing on the earth for a long time, but it's it's we're living in this kind of dark age where people need to be reintroduced to the, to the amazing benefits that psilocybin can provide. So... 
that's the trick is is sort of getting people on board with this language. What does the language sound like? What is what's the official sort of pitch, if you will? It's 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 three different things. So, and you're correct. We're we're working to decriminalize the personal possession and personal use of psilocybin mushrooms in Denver, um, and then personal possession includes the propagation or cultivation at home. And so in order to do that, we actually relied initially pretty heavily on cannabis legislation here in Denver. Um, In particular, there was a ballot initiative in 2007. Denver was the first city in the country to uh, actually decriminalize the adult possession and use of cannabis. And, And so we use that as a framework. And part of that is making the possession of the the possession and use of psilocybin the lowest law enforcement priority. Mm. And so essentially with that, uh, jaywalking would be um, a higher law enforcement priority than somebody being in possession of mushrooms. So that's that's the first step there. And that's a pretty standard um, a, a pretty standard legal way to to decriminalize something. And then we wanted to take it a step further to really make this uh, a, a true decriminalization measure. And so the other part of our language is that we're actually preventing the city from using any funds or resources to actually prosecute any individuals who happen to be um, arrested in, in the city for, for possession or use. And so with those two things together, it seems like a pretty, pretty bulletproof uh, decriminalization measure. And yeah. the, the the third step is that you know this is in in terms of language and reintroducing this responsibly back into the culture and education about psychedelics and psilocybin in particular. We want to work with the city on this and create, in a way, really make Denver a sanctuary city for people to explore the benefits of psilocybin and also to have more access to research and get some more data on on what this would look like in a larger population. And so the another part of our language includes the formation of our uh, psilocybin mushroom policy review panel, where that'll actually be a, a city committee where members, members of city council, city attorneys, uh, members who are chosen from our petitioners committee to sit on that, to sit on that team and also health professionals and law enforcement um, are going to be on that city level committee if this passes. And then the role of that committee is, is really just to examine the impact of how decriminalizing psilocybin in Denver, um, you know, look, wh- what it looks like if there's a reduction in, in addiction, if there's a reduction in uh, crime, if there's a reduction in um, some of these kind of really big mental health statistics that we're facing as a country right right now. So, you know, this is something that we, we want to include as many people as possible because it's just so important that, that we're able to not only decriminalize, but a a big part of our campaign is a, is a massive education campaign to really talk about the benefits of, of psilocybin. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. I mean, 
I mean, everybody, anybody who has done psilocybin mushrooms, anyone who's taken it, chewed it, drank it, whatever, however you've ingested it, knows the benefits immediately firsthand from direct experience, right? And it's like, absolutely, yeah, and, uh, as you can attest, as I can attest. And I remember early on, you know, when I first had my first trip, it was almost like, you know, I just, I just wanted to go over to people and, and shake them and say like, hey, man, like this is the key. Like, don't you understand? But it, it really does require a whole lot more uh, to do than that, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's an awesome initiative. It's, it's just amazing that this kind of thing can be put forward. And so you're using the framework of the cannabis, uh, initiative that went through that's been, I mean, wildly successful, right? I mean, the, what, what is it, do you know offhand, like what that looks like? I mean, I, I always hear good things. Like I heard, you know, I, I just hear things coming through the, the the grapevine, if you will, like, oh, you know, Colorado's made so much money off of marijuana that they actually have to give some money back to its citizens and taxes and, you know, these sorts of things. So are these like the, the myths of the, of the, of the West or, or what's, what's going on out there? It's, it's been a, a success, hasn't it? it? It has been a success. Uh, Denver's had, um, there's been a lot of tax revenue from, from the recreational side of, of cannabis. And obviously, you know, it's, it seems like it's been a real boon for our economy out here. Lots of people are moving here. Denver's becoming, uh, it's a, it's a city which is in many ways, just a nexus of so many different cultures and, and belief systems, but it's like, you know, cannabis has definitely had uh, a huge impact here in terms of, of just industry and, and, and other things. And, I can't speak directly to the cannabis industry. I'm not uh, deeply involved with involved with it, but it's it's been successful, and the recreational model has has had some challenges too. Um, there's a lot of corporate influence out here, and and so it you know it gets down to the question like is with with cannabis, and it's it this kind of relates to to psychedelics and psilocybin measures is um, you know, how do we keep as much of this with psilocybin as, as open source as possible? Right. Um, you know, we really don't want to see it, um, overtaken by some of these bigger corporate interests who, who really just value their bottom line over providing, um, healing, you know, naturally occurring medicines for people. And so, um, little bit, a little bit of a different model there. I mean, a recreational model, I think definitely works for cannabis, but in terms of of mushrooms right now, the culture just isn't ready for that. And I think we have to take great care to, uh, make sure that we, you know, we keep access as open as possible for, for psilocybin. Um, which is why we believe that decriminalizing is a good first step. Um, you know, it, because it, it's gonna, it's kind of like baby steps. We have to take this one step at a time really in terms of, of again, just while well, rebranding that image, away from the stigma of the sixties and seventies, you know, like we're, we're not just a bunch of people who want to get stoned or high and party all the time. Like we're actually using psilocybin mushrooms to really positively impact our lives and the lives of the people around us and our, and in our communities. And it's, um, I, personally, I believe that, that psilocybin has a, a real potential there to solve, um, or at least really positively directly impact a lot of these challenges we're facing. And, and so keeping it, keeping it accessible is, is, a, is a big thing. And with our campaign in particular, we don't believe anyone should go to jail or face any criminal penalties for possessing or using something that occurs or grows naturally, you know? Right. And yeah. so our, our mission here is really 
as a first step to decriminalize is to keep individuals out of jail, keep our families together. Um, yeah. You know, and, and then, and then give our vets and give people with some of these really extreme traumas and depression and, and things like that, an opportunity to explore uh, the, the power of, of psilocybin in a safe place. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's hugely important. I want to talk about a couple of those things you just meant, uh, mentioned. Um, one of the things that reminded me of, you know, the decriminalization, I mean, it's, it, this differs from legalization and this differs mm -hmm. from, uh, different kinds of models of, of introducing something in, into society. And like, I remember in New York, the police, like, I don't know if it was like a strike. There was something that was going on with the police in New York. I can't remember, but they, they came out and they were like, we're only going to be making necessary arrests during this downtime of police, like, you know, striking because they were upset with the mayor or something like that. And I remember reading that and being like, shouldn't that be like all the time? <laughs> you know, like, shouldn't you only be right. making arrests like when necessary all the time? And, and like, you know, if you look at like the statistics, it's like crime went down, all this stuff went down because you didn't have these police out there that were looking for trouble, looking to make quotas, you know, incentivized to write tickets and, and, and stop and frisk people and, and find, you know, uh, Oh, this guy's got like a dime bag of marijuana on him. He's got, you know, some, so it's like, um, yeah. So that, that's just funny. Cause it's like, yeah, allow people to have the freedom to, to, you know, go about doing things that are natural of, for one in the environment. And also, you know, just not, not making it a priority to really harass people for things that are, that could be majorly therapeutic. And, and that's one of the things I want to talk about now. And I guess we should start off, you know, you mentioned, I think, you know, veterans, and and depression and that's such a huge thing and i'm somebody that, that has struggled with depression quite a bit and and have seen great relief in through the use of, of psychedelics including psilocybin mushrooms so i want to i want to know a little bit about your story i think you had mentioned on tom's show that you were um, in the in the military is that right that is right yeah, yeah tell me a little yeah, bit about that yeah i was a cadet at at west point at the U.S. Military Academy, okay, and yeah. and that was that's I I had spent a decade of my life working to to get in there. It's a pretty highly competitive program to get into, and you know for good reason. They they train our our militaries, they they train the really really the next generation of, of the U.S. Army's officers. And so for me, I wanted to be this a career military officer. And when I was at the academy, a lot of things started breaking down for me. But the one thing was that I, I was suffering from major depression and there were just nothing was working. Uh, for, for a little while there, while I was at the academy, I was on, um, you know, like uh, sleep aid, pharmaceuticals, and also antidepressants. And that mm. really, it, it's, it's not a good environment uh, to be depressed in <laughs> because it's extremely um, extremely demanding of your time and, and your energy. And so I, I ended up receiving a, uh, an honorable discharge and a, and a, a medical retirement from the U S army. And, and for me, it was, it was life shattering because I had spent so long, uh, trying to get in there. And, uh, really the, the majority of my life was just completely focused on, on being an army officer. And then I was on this, this, after I left this search for self and search for meaning. So I didn't know who the hell I was anymore. Um, my entire construct of, of who I thought I was had been shattered really overnight. And so I, the last, I, I floated for a number of years and then 
found this amazing community in Denver. Um, Denver has a very, very strong, I don't know what, for lack of a better term, maybe transformational community. Oh, cool. Um, and that's where, are you originally from there or? From, I am. Yeah. I grew up in Denver. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you went to West Point and you came back. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. Promptly came back and, and I, I got involved with, with this amazing community out here of individuals who really seem to be on just something different, you know, kind of the Burning Man crowd, kind of the some of the festival scene, but also these were people who were, um, they just had something else going on about them. They seemed much more dynamic and, and whole as, as individuals. So I was really very attracted to that. And Can I, and, can I ask you, Kevin, how, uh, you yeah. know, I, I have a lot of listeners uh, that, that message me a lot of times. I, I'm recalling one recently from a college student uh, who was telling me like, you know, listen, I, I listen to your show and I, I love what you talk about and, you know, all this kind of stuff, but I, I have trouble having these kinds of conversations and finding other people like mm-hmm. that. So you, you had just mm-hmm. mentioned kind of getting into that network and, and establishing yourself within this community. Can you talk a little bit about maybe how you had, you know, done that, you know, for some listeners out there who are looking to, to broaden their connections with, with people who are involved in things like this? Sure. Well, for me, I had started, I started, started meditating and started really exploring this, my, my, my inner dimensions, exploring how my mind worked. I I really went on this tangent for a number of years of, of reading about psychology and reading about, um, just how to be a human, how to, how to, how to, <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't really a, teach you that in school too much. Right? They, don't, they don't really teach you that in school too much. And and it was, it was fascinating because I was introduced internally to this entire cosmos that existed inside of me and, and that I had never really explored before. And like, I think, so that led me to find the others, right? Find other people right. who were, who were doing this. And, um, I mean, gosh, I mean, Denver's a great place for it. Like I said, because there's a very strong community here in Denver, but it's, um, and in many ways I found myself at the right place at the right time to meet the right people just kind of really stepping out of my shell and, um, searching for events. I mean, back then Facebook was really barely getting started, but I, I could, you know, could use Facebook. Um, well, well I'll say it's not as prolific as it is right now, but if you're if you're in, I, w- I would say anybody who's in any community in the U.S. there, there is an underground of of this culture. The, the culture exists, whether it's Burning Man, whether it's the jam band scene. Um, but it, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on, and it it uh, I think it's kind of twofold, right? Like you you start exploring this inner world, start meditating, start. Um, getting deeper into this, you know, your, your own physiology and, and how your body works and how your mind works and how your emotions work and how all these things are deeply interconnected that make up the essence of who you are as an individual. And so it's like that. And then for me stepping out of my shell and, and reaching out and trying to find other people. And, um, I would, I would bet that anybody could, could do a search for events online. Um, 
and and find those kinds of people, whether it's going to like a even starting out as going to like a yoga or a meditation studio. Right. Yeah. It might be a little with, with classes un- there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's perfect. And it might be a little uncomfortable at first, you know, you're not sure what kind of territory you're in, but mm-hmm. you know, you, su- you soon, you know, become comfortable in that because this is, you're establishing yourself in, as a new, in a, with a new identity, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was what mm-hmm. you were going through. So, so you were still depressed during this time or you're, wor- you're kind of working on it. It's, it's improving through meditation and things like this. And is that right? Yeah. That is right. I, I was working on it, you know? Um, and then I, I was introduced to, to mushrooms, um, in a, in a pretty big way. I think the first, the first big trip that I had was probably four or five grams with some friends about 10 years ago. Nice. And, um, I had no idea what to expect, but it was an incredible experience. Uh, I just, the sense of belonging and community and, and family from that experience walking around the streets of Denver, (laughs) (laughs) going to a playground and and looking at the stars and just being outside and getting reconnected with that part of my, myself. So yeah, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that takes mushrooms very often. And I, I use them in a very, really a very therapeutic manner. Um, you know, and, and which is not to say that, people should only use them that way, you know, right. but it's like, it, it just, it opened up a whole new world for me that I had no idea existed. And, and the fact that I could be around people who understood what I was going through and, and, and be there as, as a support, you know, support with these experiences, especially integrating the experience afterwards is, is so important. And yeah, yeah. What was that like? Like after, after you had this you know, you, you just, I know how, how difficult it is sometimes to explain like an experience, you know, it's just like sure. oh these colors or lights or these feelings <laughs> or, you know, this sort of thing. Um, I, I sure try my best sometimes, but, um, after that, like kind of opening, I guess you would call it like this, this maybe awakening or this veil lifting, it, you know, what, what, what was that experience like for you? You, I mean, you must've been like, you're, so you're totally blown away. Your first mushroom trip, you're, you know, four or five grams <laughs> walking around Denver, looking at the stars, contemplating the infinite, you know, bonding with people, reconnecting, feeling like the, 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 the family of the human species of the planet that we're on. And then after then, mm-hmm. well, then what, <laughs> what did you Man, think? I, I mean, I, I, I cried a lot that night. Yeah. You know, it was the first time I'd, I'd cried like that in a long time. Wow. Um, just allowing that release to come through. Right. And then, yeah. you know, I felt like a, like a little baby in a bunch, like meaning like I'm just, I'm re- rebirthed into this new experience of the world with an entirely different new perspective. Um, and I think it, it, you asked if I'm still depressed, like I still have symptoms from time to time. I, I know how to manage them you know, much more better now, much yeah. more, more effectively now. It's not, not something that, that controls me really nearly at all to the extent that it used to, because, you know, I mean, that's, that's one thing mushrooms do is open us up to possibility right? and to make new, you know, you know, make new decisions about who we are in this world. And, and, um, so for me, it was like, it was like, I was, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's like, I, I really did feel truly in a sense of being reborn in a yeah, way. Yeah. Um, and then you got a software update. 
it got a little software update. Yeah, I got up, got a little, got a little upgraded, and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, look at this amazing world and all these really cool things that are actually going on here. Right, right, right. Outside of the the box that depression had created, um, that I was living inside of, and and you know, it didn't all go away overnight. Obviously, there's there's the um, what's the afterglow, you know, and that was. Mm-hmm. A really great couple of days, but then it was like real work. Like, you know, what am I doing with my life? And who's what's the kind of person I want to be? And how do I start to make different choices or even just get a handle on some of this stuff? And so it's like, you know, it, it's kind of one step at a time. And again, having that support group, having having friends who who can listen and who've been through this experience and who are definitely much wiser than I am. And a lot of different ways was a, a huge benefit. Um, yeah. Isn't it amazing, and, Kevin, that what you just said about how, you know, looking at your life and, and trying to get things together and just decide who you want to be. I mean, this isn't what I think the average person who isn't aware of these, you know, of, of, of psychedelics and psilocybin, the average person, like, I don't know, I think of someone like maybe like my parents or something, as much as I try and explain it to them, they, they would still have this idea of like this, out of control sort of oh no you're you're on drugs and now you're 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 taking drugs and you're trying to get your life together you know isn't that mm-hmm. i feel like that's that's one of the most interesting things that that we can talk about you know with with in regards to psychedelics i mean i i had that happen recently with ayahuasca i was in peru i dr- i was drinking ayahuasca and i was like my god i got to i can't stay here anymore i need to like go go home and like pay credit card bills. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, life is trying to always pull us back into the, the daily grind, Yeah, which is, it's, I mean, we, we, we can't escape that. Like, like, I don't think we're supposed to. Right. I think we're, if we can come, if we can, well, I, mushrooms, at least for me, tend to give me more with that perspective comes the power to take more responsibility for my stuff. You know, but it's it's like you know paying the bills and filling up the gas tank, and <laughs> um, I have a family. You know, I've I have um, my my wife and I've been married for about five years now. We have a four year old, and nice. you know, it's like we have we have responsibilities. Um, you know, we we need our egos. We can't float off in the ethers stoned all the time right right but there but there's value there there's value to going there and then and then and then coming back with fresh ideas right. and, and new it's ways like of a mini hero's journey yeah 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 and then like i i think you know it kind of reminds me it's if we can orient ourselves to recognize that we are the heroes of our own journey all the time right you know like we have we have we have control over over our life and how we want it to look. And sometimes we need help with with you know. I, I think mushrooms can be a huge technology for empowering individuals to really make an impact in in their lives and other people's lives. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, I've I, I've referred to it as that too, like technology. And I think like uh, technology. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like Stanislav Grof, I think was saying that. Uh, uh, what was this quote? It said like, um, you know, like the, we will look at psychedelics in the way that people had looked at the microscope to look at atoms and the telescope to look at this cosmos. We will look mm-hmm. at psychedelics in the same way as a tool to look at inside of the, the mind. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and it really is it is like this technology it's this like organic technology that's uh yeah that we just need to be free enough to be able to plug it in every once in a while um yeah that's, exactly it's, it's 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 truly amazing so so okay so yeah like you so you got on that path you had this experience and 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 then and then what did uh, actually i'm curious after you had this experience what you know you were talking about how you were interested in in the military for so long and you had went to west point to become a military cadet and everything did your opinions or your views by any chance happen to shift in terms of how you thought about uh military or anything like that i'm curious curious to know a little bit um and I still have a lot of friends who, who, who graduated and who, and who've been deployed and who fought our nation's wars, you know, and gosh, I mean, they, they changed, they changed a little bit. I mean, I, I, I recognized that, that, that path was not for me. Right. I had, I had other, other things to do with my life and with the experience was just so, so, so valuable because it's something not a lot of people get to get to partake in. Um, and you know, I, I have the utmost respect and, and honor for, um, sense of, sense of, of really honoring our, our veterans, you know, and in a big way, this, this medicine can really help our veterans. Um, you know, we're, we're working with a group called veterans for natural rights and, and they're big advocates of, of plant medicine and naturally occurring medicine to help vets get through the traumas they've experienced from their time in the military. And, right. Um, it's, it's been incredible to just hear some of the stories that, that these guys have gone through. Um, these men and women have gone through with their, both with their time in the military and then coming out the other side, you know, in a lot of ways, cannabis is, is a huge part in that, in that culture, mm-hmm. um, as a really effective tool or a really effective technology for, for managing their post-traumatic stress and, and depression. And so, yeah, I, um, it's, we have a lot of, we have a lot of stuff in, in, in this country to talk about, you know, in terms of all, all these big conversations around you know, the military industrial complex or the pharmaceutical industrial complex or right, right. You know, the, the prison industrial complex. Yes, like, yeah. These are these are big issues, and, and again, I think really, really deeply believe mushrooms are something that can start to make some real change at a at a cultural level. Um, it's just a matter of of doing it, you know, responsibly in a way that 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 doesn't turn people off, in a way that encourages individuals to want to explore this, whether through direct experience or through doing a little bit of research and seeing the benefits. Yeah. And there's, and there's a good amount of research out there now. I mean, there's places like the Hefter Institute, the Beckley Foundation, Imperial mm-hmm. College of London, MAPS. There's lots of organizations out there that are doing amazing work. And it's, it's, it's just, uh, and, you know, obviously, and, and your organization too, Decriminalize Denver, you know, with, with the initiative that you guys are, are doing, but, you know, these other organizations with their research, it's really helping further the conversation and and create and engage with with normal citizens. I don't know. I don't know what to call them. Like normal, but you know, people that are outside of of the knowledge of these things to really uh, introduce something that that makes sense. 
that says, hey, look, if, if we can help people here, if we can help veterans integrate back into society with something here, isn't that worth a shot, you know? And and so has this, has this been part of, uh, I guess, like your language as well? Like, have you been in conversations with people or, or in, in the sort of daily tasks that you're performing? Is this something that's coming up often, kind of citing maybe statistics or, or things like that? What, what kind of uh, what kind of things do you sort of tend to talk about a lot when it comes down to these things with PTSD and veterans and stuff? Uh, do you get into a lot of conversations about that with people? I, I do. Um, people are surprised because like you said, most individuals don't even know there's research going on. You know, we, we live in kind of this, uh, at least I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm in an echo chamber because a lot of the individuals I speak with, of course, know about all the research and they, They've used psilocybin and other psychedelics, and so they they get it. And then it's I think it's easy to forget that uh, a big majority of the of the population hasn't really heard about these um, the, the amazing work that's coming out of organizations like Maps and like Hefter and Beckley and um, you know NYU and and Johns Hopkins. Like, right, Johns Hopkins. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, and and like that's honestly you know so with our campaign. In terms of the research that we've we've cited, we're we're focused much more on public health and safety, and and you know what what the risk is, and uh, kind of looking at, at at arrest statistics here in Denver, and so that's part of our conversation. But really, the the bigger part is is that when we bring up like man, you know, these top universities like Johns Hopkins have been conducting this research, and the research is is showing uh, incredible results to help really, really almost heal people of these issues they're going through. I think that's the one thing that gets people who are on the fence over yeah. to a yes, I'll, yes, I'll support this. And then with individuals who, for some individuals who might initially be a no, or I don't want to support this, you know, we don't, I don't want to decriminalize this drug. Um, as soon as we start mentioning some of the amazing clinical research that's come out and, and the way that it's impacting people, they start to get curious. Um, at the very least, they might, they might go from being a no to, to sitting on the fence. Um, right. Mostly, mostly in Denver, like our amount of support has been, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, we've had, we did, we, we had some scientific polling that was conducted last summer and it turns out that 45% of uh, Denver voters would support this, which is a, a huge, yeah. huge support, huge baseline support right there. Yeah. And then another 20% who are a maybe, um, which means that there's, there's the possibility of, of you know, at, at, a, at a minimum having 65% of people in Denver support this. And the really cool thing about that polling was that it was done over landline telephone. People who still have landlines in their in their home. Oh wow! Which yeah. which was it was cool because that you know that that indicates a uh, generally generally more like an older demographic. Um, right. Yeah, I haven't had a landline since I don't right. know, like I was ten years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So it's um, yeah the, the the support is there. It's just a matter of of our team making contact with potential voters. Yeah, you know, and right right now we're collecting signatures, so it's um, it's been 
it's been really amazing so far just to hear some of these stories from people who, you know, they, they see our guys out there in the field um, carrying our clipboard. And oftentimes people will stop what they're doing and run up to us and say, I've heard about you guys. I want to sign this thing. Let's, let's get it on the ballot. Let's make this real. And then they share a story about how it's, it's directly impacted them or, or their family members. Excellent. So, yeah. So that, I mean, that's a, that's a great directly affected them or their family members, right? Right. By mm-hmm. psilocybin mushrooms actually having a positive effect for somebody. What, what is in, De- in Denver, what would be like, what is affecting the city and, or the, the population of the city that psilocybin mushrooms could have the most impact uh, for? So essentially like, I know like back in my hometown, just like right outside of New York City, there was like a big like opioid. I mean, I know there's opioid epidemic yeah. across the country, but this mm-hmm. was a, you know, a thing that had happened in my town where I grew up, where I went to high school. It, it, I guess it kind of started happening like right after I graduated and it was just weird to see like people I, I heard about like, oh, this person's addicted to heroin now and these sorts of things. So, it, it, you know, my – the way that I would think would be like, well, maybe – you know, maybe introducing psilocybin, you know, as, as something that could potentially help with that, because that is one of the things that psilocybin could, uh, potentially help with. Maybe that would be something that could, uh, that could resonate with these families, uh, to, to be on board with this message. So is there something, mm-hmm. is there something that really stands out that's in Denver, uh, or is it a combination of different things that, that maybe, you know, well, you, you nailed it on the head. I mean, uh, opioid, yeah. Opioid abuse and yeah. dependence is 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 huge. Uh, Denver, actually, our, our city council in Denver just signed a, um, a trial site for safe, say, a, a safe injection center for oh wow for opioids. And Man, so, Denver really is leading the way. Damn, it's there. You know, and it's 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 on a trial. But if if it's anything like, I mean, look, you know, if if we use. Portugal as a model for how yeah. decriminalizing drugs really can work and have a huge impact. You know, that's uh, a safe injection site is, is definitely one thing here. Um, and so I think that that's getting started pretty soon with that, with that, that trial of that first site. So opioid, opioid, um, abuse independence. Uh, there was a small study that was done a number of years ago that showed that that psychedelic use of psychedelics, including psilocybin, uh, reduces past year odds of opioid abuse and opioid use. And so that's, that's absolutely one area. And then, you know, like all major, well, just like across the country, we have this mental health crisis right now. Um, yeah. Skyrocketing rates of, of anxiety and depression and, and Denver's Denver's no different. Um, you know, uh, mental health treatment options are, are, a, a really, really amazing thing. And, and we need more options. We need yeah. better options. I think I'm um, just had, just speaking from personal experience, mm-hmm. like, um, we need different options. And so th- those are, those are like the, the two kind of main things in, in Denver right now in terms of, of what's going on here. Um, right. you know, and then it's that I have a, a, a friend of our campaign, friend of mine who is actually using psilocybin with psychiatric approval to treat his complex multi-symptom PTSD. Um, with psychiatric has, approval. With psychiatric approval. So 
are you familiar with the right to try law? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So explain Mm -hmm. this a little bit because this is really interesting and especially for a lot of people. So Trump signed this into law, right? He did. It's it's the right to try act, which means that you have uh, for, is it for treatment resistant only or? It's for, it's so anyone who has a terminal illness or a life threatening condition, um, for which uh, traditional protocols have, have been unsuccessful, right? They have a right to use any substance that's passed a phase one clinical trial through the FDA. And this is federal. This is that's federal. Wow. Um, okay. That's and, amazing. This is good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's which is interesting because Colorado has actually had a right to try a law since 2014. Um, the language of each one's a little bit different, but they both accomplish pretty much the same thing. And so. Yeah, this gentleman is. Um, he lives up in, lives up in Boulder, which is just north of north of Denver. Mm-hmm. And back in March, he received his first prescription for psilocybin mushrooms. And in the last, what is that? About seven or eight months since he's been been using psilocybin, his entire medical team is blown away. This in, this individual has uh, he has tumors all up and down his spine and in his brain. Um, and like I mentioned, complex PTSD from many, many, many different things that have happened to him in his life. And the results of him using psilocybin um, on a weekly basis, his psychiatrist said is nothing short of miraculous in terms of his change in behavior and his ability to to basically be a functioning member of society and and really in his own life to be able to manage his own life in a way that's, that's totally new for him. And yeah, so he, he, he takes one and a half to two grams once every seven to 10 days. And, and that's it. It it manages his pain and it manages his, his mental state in a way that he's never had before. Which is super important. I mean, you know, this is, yeah, this is really important. I remember I had a, a guest on the show a little while ago, Robert Barnhart, who who created a documentary called A New Understanding, The Science of Psilocybin, and uh, where he showed, and I think it was John, Johns Hopkins, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was where they had like 80% of the patients who were taking psilocybin who were diagnosed with terminal uh diseases or illnesses, uh, reported that they no longer, you know, they, they, they had this incredible release, this liberation, this freedom, this like acceptance and, and peace, which is just, it's, it's like one of the greatest gifts that you can give to somebody who's in that state, in that stage. So this, that's tremendous. Right. Like they were no longer afraid of death. They yeah. had accepted their mortality and they were, they were at, they were at peace. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's another huge thing too, because we have, we have a very, a very, from what I understand anyway, um, in comparison to other cultures, a very different perspective of, of death and dying in our culture here. And, and so, you know, it's, it, it seems to be something that people are very afraid of for good reason. You know, it's, we're talking about our mortality here and we're all going to die someday. Um, but it's like being able to, especially if you have a, a terminal illness or like a sudden, sudden onset cancer or something that, and you feel like that, you know, maybe you were maybe a sense of being robbed of some more time, you know, like to have an experience that psilocybin can provide where it's, 
not only not only the most profound spiritual experience they've had in their entire life, but they're also released from their their burden of anguish and suffering from knowing that they're going to pass away sooner than they had expected is it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. and that just releases a lot of stress and tension off of them and the families mm-hmm. and 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 everything. And yeah, that's it's just a it's such a good thing. I mean, there's so many you know we're talking about this amazing fungus this amazing compound in this mushroom that has been growing on the planet for thousands of years uh and you know it's like we live in this in this culture nowadays where we for the most part people seem to think well if you have this you take this or if you have this you take this but here we're talking about a wide variety of things that one one thing can accomplish um which is which is just awesome uh because i see like my vision is i see a tremendous like ripple effect like if we can make this happen if we can make this happen in denver and it can show you know what we all hope it can show then you know it's like the sky's the limit in terms of improving sort of like almost every facet of life i mean would you agree with that I would agree with that. Excellent. Absolutely. What is, so what is your, what is your vision look like? Cause I mean, I see, on, I know on the, uh, on the website, which is, uh, really nice, by the way, great website. Um, it, it says we, we envision a society where individuals can use psilocybin mushrooms without fear of criminal or civil penalties. Uh, you know, psilocybin is shown to reduce psychological stress and suicidality, which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's huge, right? Because suicide rates are high as well. Uh, opioid use, like we had just talked about and, uh, you know, um, people being physiologically safe and, and non-addictive. Uh, so the, like, you know, the vision that, that vision is, is amazing. And like, where do you see it? Like beyond that, like, get, like, give me the big, the big picture. Like what's, <laughs> what's Kevin Matthews like dream of, of, of psilocybin. I don't know if you want to, you know, maybe <laughs> just give him a little teaser or if you want to go the, the whole, <laughs> go the whole nine, you know, like, but, uh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about access right um decriminalizing is is the first step in terms of responsibly reintegrating at the very least an understanding of the potential of of psilocybin into our culture um i think the next logical step after that would be something like um a regulated medical model where um, you have psilocybin treatment centers where you can check in for a weekend and um, have have the support you need and have a staff that's available to to guide you through the process. Um, have individuals who are trained in this work. Um, and I, you know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know when necessarily that could happen. That, that's certainly in the conversation with us um, as a next step. You know, and I think. A a big part of this is going to be working with other jurisdictions across the country to, at the very least, get a decriminalization model um, on their ballot as well, because we, you know, we we fully intend. We're we're not the only people doing this work right now. We fully intend to work with other individuals and other organizations to to spread this like a mycelium across the entire country. Like that's, and and like honestly, that's. 
that's how I see it happening. You know, I think, um, you know, when we're successful in Denver, all it's going to take for us to really have this amazing conversation and, and make it more broad is, is to make, to get on the ballot. Right. Um, once we're on the ballot, then we're successful because then it's really going to be front and center. And, and, and I think people will start talking about this a lot more. Yeah. Um, Can you real you know, quick, uh, get to getting on the ballot. So the election is being held on, on May 7th of 2019. What does it take to get on the ballot? Yep. May 7th, 2019, we need 4,726 valid signatures from city and county of Denver registered voters. Okay. And we're just over 4,000 signatures now. Oh, great. And yeah, we have until uh, January 7th is our deadline. And we're, it's been awesome because in the last two weeks, we've, we've pretty much doubled our volunteer force. Um, and man, I want to say that, that none of this would be happening without the amazing individuals who, who make up our team, um, our volunteers, our petitioners committee, our, our campaign staff, like, you know, we're all so passionate about this and, and want to see this go through. So yep. January 7th is, is the deadline. And, you know, we have, we have our individuals and organizers and volunteers are out every single day in Denver collecting signatures and really doing a really big final push for the last about five weeks now. Um, so we'll hear when we turn in our signatures in January, um, we'll hear back probably late January um, or early February, no later than I think February 2nd or 3rd on whether or not we've made the ballot. And we, we intend to turn in well over the, the required amount. Great. Yeah. Um, and if yeah. someone wants to sign the petition online, they can do that as well, but they have to be uh, a, a resident of Denver, right? They have to be a, a resident of Denver and a registered voter and, and you have to sign it in person. Oh, you have they to sign it had, in person. Okay. Yep. Yep. There's no, no online, online petition yet. Okay. Wouldn't that be great, man? We'd have our signatures by now. If, <laughs> if we could do an online petition, that'd be amazing. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, we have guys, we have guys collecting, we're at every single major grocery store. We go to, um, all of the, the venues in Denver, um, and then all utilizing our personal networks as well. And, and we're doing great. Our, awesome. our team is, is amazing. Yeah. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. yeah so, <clears throat> um, yeah, I was, I was, I was just like, I'm, I'm, as I'm like looking, you know, through the website, I see that that you also have um, uh, an available option here to to donate. So, mm -hmm. you, can you talk a little bit about that? Is that that's that's basically that could be for anybody, right? That can be for anybody. Yes, that's for anybody. Um, we would love, in terms of support, um, donations. Are amazing. We have, you know, we, we've been able to raise a little bit of a little bit of of donations for the campaign right now. It's really going to be um, something for the next five weeks to um, be able to really take care of our volunteers and and get some of the the resources that we need as a campaign. Um, so yeah, the the donation link is on the website, and that's there for anyone. Anyone can use that, and we'd be extremely grateful for any donations that come in. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys believe in this and you want to support this and help Kevin and decriminalize Denver out, go to decriminalizedenver.org 
and uh, and click on the uh, please donate here button, that nice purple <laughs> button there. And uh, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Easy to navigate Thanks, website. So um, yeah, this is, this is really great. And that's, you know, that's sort of how I've, I've run my podcast model to a certain extent. I have a couple sponsors now, but I also utilize Patreon for donations. And it's just this kind of like, you know, if you love this, if you care about this, you know, please support it. And, um, and people seem to, to really respond to that. So that's, that's awesome. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah any, of course. Any, any amount helps. I mean, it's e- even also sharing our socials. If you follow us at, at decriminalized Denver on, on Facebook and Instagram, like the, the biggest part here is, is spreading awareness. And, um, and then of course, you know, we're a, we're a campaign. So we need, you know, we do need, we do need money to run this thing and, and we don't quite know who our, who our opposition is yet and, and how much they're going to have at their disposal, what their resources look like. Um, but this is something that's every single thing counts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Every little bit counts. I mean, that's the, the key with, with, with everything in life. I mean, it's just, you know, if you're interested in something, if you're, if you're looking to make a change, you know, it, it's this, this just hit, a little bit every day, one foot in front of the other, you know, all those good, good kind of cliched sayings, but it's, they're true. They're <laughs> cliche for a reason. Cause they're true. You know, every little bit that you can yeah. do. I just, I just went out and hit the, hit the road today and ran 1.6 miles. I haven't ran in five months. So I've just been eating spaghetti <laughs> and, you know, tur- <laughs> turkey and stuff. I just, so I, I, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm getting back to it. I'm going to put my running shoes on. I'm going to go out there. I'm just going to run for a little bit and just, I'm just going to put it in every day, just going to keep showing up every day. So that's my, my message to inspire you people out there. I don't know. Totally. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, you, you mentioned, Kevin, you mentioned, uh, you don't know who your opposition is yet. And mm-hmm. I guess I got to kind of have maybe some kind of idea. I mean, I think it maybe maybe it's a little different because, you know, you're in Denver and, and things are kind of more localized there. But in general, I would think that like, I mean, you have so many people here that are, are, you know, corporations and lobbyists and, you know, politicians and, you know, DEA. Like, I don't know. It seems it seems that things are sort of changing and shifting. And maybe there's some good people that are getting into these organizations that actually care and, and want to make a difference. But I, I had a friend um, – uh, who, who, uh, he wrote a book, um, ah, shit, he's going to kill me cause I don't remember the name of his book, but it was, sorry. <laughs> it's about the, the addiction, uh, re- recovery, um, treatment facilities and how they're, you know, just like sucking money out of people and, uh, really, you know, um, m- m- you know, kind of like scamming people and stuff. They're running on this, this, this model, the addiction, the traditional sort of like rehab facility, uh, clinic. So, you know, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about, you know, like the, the private prisons and, um, you know, uh, the pharmaceutical industry and right. I mean, like, you know, drug cartels or whatever it is. So I, I don't know if this necessarily all applies to, to what you have going on there in Denver, but yeah, I mean, have, have you noticed, have you seen, have you heard anything about anybody trying to maybe thwart your efforts to, to, to pass this? Not, not yet. And, and we, we can make some guesses about who, who that opposition might be. Right. Um, I, they're waiting for us to get on the ballot. They, okay, they're yeah, they're waiting for you to they're start waiting. making some 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 yeah. real noise in the legal yeah. framework. Well, I mean, look, I this is this is something that uh, it can 
impact people for, for the better major change and we can see that change in the outlook of people uh, after having profound experiences and healing and integrating their traumas and and how that can affect the society and uh, as a whole and so this is this is something that think that can that can massively actually like make America great again, <laughs> or make, you know, like, like this could really like, you know, all these like hacky, like campaign slogans, like change you can believe in. And, you know, do all this, like, this is a, this is something that can really actually accomplish that. So I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be supporting this as much as I possibly can. And, um, yeah, again, people go to, uh, decriminalizedenver.org, follow them on Instagram. It's decriminalized Denver everywhere. Yep. That's right. Everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and like Facebook, Kevin said, Facebook share and Instagram, it. Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Share it, spread the word, get it out there. And, uh, and yeah, Kevin, I, I look forward to actually meeting up with you when, when, when I come to, uh, Denver in, in, uh, about a month and a half and getting involved. I'd love to volunteer. So Thank you know, you, let me, let me know what I got to do to, to be a part of that when I, when I get out there and, uh, any, any parting words, uh, that you'd like to like to share? Well, I just, I really want to say that I appreciate again, having me on your show and allowing us to share, share our work with your audience. And yeah, to, to really echo what you just said, um, this is something that can change change the world. We can start here in Denver. Denver can be a, a good working model for how this can work, how, how this can work, and how we can spread awareness and and create really strong, powerful, true impact and change in, in people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the change that we need, folks. This is the you know reducing the. The paradigm of fear and reintroducing a new one of of love and compassion. So, thank you for your excellent work, Kevin. Thanks again for being on the show, and uh, good luck with you with everything. Thank you, Mike. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that show as much as I did. You know what to do if you love this show: share it, like it, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and. Go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. Go to Patreon and show your support. Throw a dollar or two or whatever you can our way at patreon.com slash mikebrank. You can also go to mikebrank.com. Check out my website and make a PayPal donation if you like as well. Check out hempbombs.com for all your CBD urges, desires, and needs. And get 15% off when you enter the code Mike15 at checkout. Go to vsynchro.com and check out all of their plant-based ketogenic nutrition products. Put in Mikeadelic and get 20% off. Or don't do any of that stuff and just listen to the show and enjoy the hell out of it. And no, I love you anyway. So thanks for listening. Until next time, peace out.